All right, welcome to episode two or three, uh, if, if you've found the first episode, of Two-Way Contract, the podcast, the NBA podcast, um, and other sports and other stuff we'll talk about. I'm Hawk mm-hmm. Crane alongside Brendan Welper. Uh, Brendan, the season just started about six days in, seven days in. This is a Monday night, so six days in officially. Mm-hmm. Pretty exciting stuff so far, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's been at least you know we're barely a, a weekend, but uh, I mean it's been really good to have uh, basketball back after. Um, I know I know it wasn't a long summer, but it, it always feels like one. Like you know, schedule wise, it's the same amount, pretty much the same amount of days every year. But with all the movement that happened, um, they're really the shifting uh, uh, the power balance, which really is not in anyone's grasp at the moment. Anyway, I think we as yes, we talked about last show, um, some really really good games. And um, uh, it's it's uh, I, I one I just love just to get off on a quick off on a quick tangent that the NBA's YouTube page that they've like added I know they did it last year for half the season now they're they're doing it all the time those like nine minute clips of each game that, that they splice up and they put up like thirty minutes after I me mean, that is just so odd like because if you're missing a game you know you like a few years ago like you'd only have like like a two minute highlight of just selected clips that you'd have to go on the NBA website but you do the YouTube thing. Uh, it's more than easy to catch up. Um, but uh, but yeah, my I mean, favorite so, part yeah. about that kind of about those highlights um, mm-hmm. is that there it's actually like the game announcers. Yes. You know? It's yep. not like some dude in a studio being like, oh look at this behind the back, <laughs> like he's calling the play before it happens. You know. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's actually it's like fun. yeah, it's actually like you know like you're taking literally the game footage onto the YouTube channel. I think mm-hmm. I remember someone on YouTube like got a job to the nba doing that we obviously know there's like two or three dudes right now you're right. Mm-hmm. who i don't like, know who that was but i think you're right i, I do remember that i think yeah yeah there's some dude i i don't know what his name is obviously but there, there's another dude there's dawkins free dawkins yeah, free dawkins that mm-hmm. dude and then there's uh there's another dude who who also just does highlights all the time mm-hmm. i wonder how much they get like if, if people donate to them because they honestly they've earned that i mean like yeah. that's it's not easy I mean, it's like, you know, if you know how to edit videos, it's easy in that sense where you just mm. find the play, record the game, whatever, find the play. Uh, if you stream games, it's probably mm. easier to, to, you know, record it and stuff like that and post it online. Shout mm. out to those guys. Shout out to the guys yeah. who put those highlights together. They probably mm. don't have a life, but more so than I do, that's for sure. I mean, I don't really yeah. have one either. They so. actually have a following, you know? Yeah, yeah. We actually know their names, which is like crazy. Like they're, you know, their whatever screen name, handle thing. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, as we get closer to um, November and you mm-hmm. know past Halloween and stuff like that, I am just thrilled that football is starting to decline a little bit, especially here in Chicago, where all people do is bitch, and <laughs> they all they do is complain. Bitch or, about Mitch. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All they do is complain or they they overhype the shit out of the team. Obviously, you know what happened yesterday to the Bears game. I did not watch the game, but uh, I was at some family function and uh, someone had the game on. And they're like, wow, the Bears, you know, they're marching down the field. There's 30 seconds to go. And I was like, all right, maybe they might win this game. But I hope he misses the field goal. <laughs> sure enough, this guy misses the field goal. Eddie Pinero, who was the hero? Mm. Well, like like a month ago. Yeah, I think that game in 
Denver, I think. Yeah, the second game of the year, the Denver game, which everyone was for some reason impressed by. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Uh, every time I've been watching the Bears this year, I I I kind of hope that they falter because all my years watching, you know, just even just casually observing the Bears, I'm not gonna lie. This team is one of the least liked teams. I one of my one of the teams I not like. Mm. And I, I think, you know, part of it might be the people's expectations of that team, of this team. Mm. The NBA is starting, and usually the first week of the NBA is, is amazing. Usually you get a lot of great games, you know, people mm. show up, that these other players. Um, yeah. Now watching Atlanta versus Philly, it's a very tight game with about four minutes to go. I think, yeah, the NBA, they, I think they could have gotten that from hockey, that idea of, like, just splicing highlights together. You know, mm-hmm. and you see like a lot of NBA fans doing that because I haven't noticed people doing stuff like that until maybe like the early part of this decade, uh, maybe 2009. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, in hockey, I've noticed that for the last couple of years, even like before those years, and even like old games, old NBA games, you'll see that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, like I used to see that even before, you know, this era of people just putting highlights together. I'm making mixtapes, basically, of games. Um, That's a great way to put it, though, um, because uh, yeah, I think really this sort of uh, as NBA Twitter has kind of grown into like an actual like branded thing. I mean, you see people I am amazed at the guys who can take a, a game that's happening in real time. And five minutes later, they have a perfect cut up of the clip, almost like they just. I mean, like they have the original broadcast and I'm, I'm sure there's a way to do it. But it, and they put it up and they get. A lot of uh, obviously interaction, everything, but that's one thing that I'm always amazed with. They can get up quicker than the NBA sometimes, and obviously, like if you're streaming it, especially on your uh, on your laptop or on your phone, you know, maybe you have um, you have access to that. But it's definitely something that I feel like is picked up, especially with NBA, because it's it, I mean, it cuts so great for a play uh, because you don't have to wait for you know, like in football, obviously, like the snap and then the whistle. Basketball is so fluid where it doesn't you know if the first shot in a possession is missed and a guy gets an offensive rebound, you can start. You don't have to. You know, you don't have to do the whole 45 second possession if if they get you know two shot clocks worth of uh of you know of the if they have that for if they have the basketball for that long I guess is what I'm trying to say. You can sort of cut in and out, um, which is which is really one of the cool things about how fluid the game is. And you can also like tell just by watching those highlights, kind of like the rhythm of how games go, and mm-hmm. like you can kind of like sense when like a, a made shot is coming, you know. Mm-hmm. Yo, it's yeah, like a just, couple seconds. It's not like immediately happening. It's like a couple. Mm-hmm. It's like the lead up and everything. You yeah, know, how is how is the play right developed? Yeah, yeah, someone shoots right away in the next highlight. I, I'm assuming they're missing. You know, I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be a putback or like an offensive rebound, something yeah. like that. So th- that you know, th- that's another you know cool thing that um, people kind of like add to those kind of highlights. It's kind of like the feeling of yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I'm watching this on TV. You know, I'm watching yeah. this live. Um, and it definitely helps if you don't know what happened. Now, I found this website, which is a great website. If you want to, if you missed a basketball game and you want to see what happened or what people thought of the game, it's called wikihoops.com. And all you do is just, if you just go on this right now, I'm on the website right now. You just go through games and it will, it wouldn't, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to see spoilers, you know, but you could see how people rated it out of 10. So if you mm-hmm. watch the game, you can rate it. Like, for example, the Bulls and Knicks game right now, which I thought, 
as a Bulls fan, obviously it was a disappointing game. But we <clears> rated it eight out of ten. Yeah. And the Pistons Pacers game, which was a close game, right? That came down to the last possession. Yeah, it was ugly, but yeah. Yeah, ninety six ninety four. They rated it was a four out of ten. Yeah, that that sounds just about fair. But it yeah, was an ugly game. Pistons had uh, at least last last time I heard in the broadcast they had nineteen turnovers. Yeah, so like four out of ten, you know, eight out of ten, whatever. I mean, if I go back to uh, uh, what yesterday, Sunday, yeah, we had the the Warriors and Thunder. You know, the Thunder blew out the Warriors. It was a three out of ten. The Nets and the Grizzlies came down to the last shot, eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. Blazers Mavericks also came down to the last shot, ten out of ten. And of course, the Lakers Hornets came. It was a two out of ten. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about our teams, though, our hometown teams. Uh, the Pistons, yeah. I've not seen much of the Pistons. I maybe have seen, like, a couple highlights here and there. I do follow a couple people from Pistons Twitter. <laughs> and by a couple people, I mean probably, like, five total. Um, and that's in your one of them. Um, Appreciate it. And a lot of those other people are just, like, they're either random people I know or they're just random people who follow me who happen to be from Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh the Pistons, I, I mean, just looking, I'm just looking at the standings now, and obviously the standings now, there's really no point in looking at it, but two and mm. two, I mean, in both those wins against the Pacers, the Pacers are not a bad team. Yeah, and, and obviously I think, um, you know, the big thing is until Victor Oladipo comes back, but I mean, obviously they still have Miles Turner, still at least for the moment have Sabonis, um, you know, a pretty uh, good front court. And, and, you know, Nate McMillan's a really good coach. And I, I'm, I'm surprised that they're 0-3. And, uh, granted, I mean, this was a game I think that neither team really deserved to win, but they could have stolen it with the way they played, um, especially in the fourth quarter. Limiting Detroit's uh, chances for second-chance opportunities by uh, rebounding on uh, the defensive end, pushing back in transition. The Pistons really don't. I mean, their transition defense for the Pistons, it's been bad for several several years. I mean, they just don't have a guy that can stop or guys that can get in place or pick up men in transition. Um but, um, but yeah, I mean, two and two start for for uh, you know, Pistons. I the only game where I was really able to watch in full, and and I even missed parts of this game was tonight's game. Most most of them were while I was working so far. The first four, but yeah, I, I think you know it, it's tough, obviously, for them missing you know Reggie Jackson um, and and Blake Griffin. And I, you know, I say Reggie Jackson, their starting point guard, but even though Blake Griffin last year you know sort of acted like the point guard with the way he would run the offense it would go through him and you know reggie was maybe relegated to more of a spot up shooter would also run some like basic action and stuff you know i mean it they got lucky tonight and they got a big test wednesday in toronto and then friday they go to uh your stomping grounds in chicago to face the bulls uh there's always those early season pistons bulls matchups it, feel, it feels like in chicago um i mean not every season but i know there was one last year and i feel like a couple of years before as well uh, last year's one was pretty good, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I know last year's uh, game was like in... you, you were there, weren't? No, 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 I wasn't. Uh, oh, there, okay. there was a a game last year that was in maybe April or something like mm-hmm. that. I think it was April because I think we went to a White Sox game. Okay. Um, and I know you went with uh, you went with one of our, our friends that day to it was a Bulls Pistons game that night. I'm not sure if it was that game, um, but. I know there was a game in March and April last year where it was a very close game, and then mm. Blake Griffin just looked like Michael Jordan in the last like two minutes of the game, I making do. like fadeaway jumpers and stuff like that. Mm. I know that was definitely like in March or something like that, or April or whenever it was, um, mm. because uh, I remember that because my cousin came from Toronto, or not yeah. from, but came from Pakistan, but he was moving to Toronto, 
And I wanted mm. to make it clear to him that, yeah, watch the Raptors because they're the number one seed. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, like, thankfully, you know, from Pakistan, he's a he's a Tottenham Hotspurs fan. He doesn't see much success, you know? <laughs> you know? Not as much as he could, right? And then I told yeah. him Raptors won. I was like, hey, man, you got you better go to that parade, you know? Yeah. Even though you're brand new in Canada, you better just go to that parade, you know? Just I'm sure work will be off anyway, you know? Anyway, as I'm watching the final seconds of the Sixers-Hawks here, um, let's talk about that team. Atlanta has been a phenomenal, very fun team to watch. Phenomenal meaning just fun to watch. You know, I, I enjoyed watching them a lot last season. But this year, I mean, they got two lottery picks. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I don't even know how they're playing, but I do know their lottery pick last year has been killing it. Um, dude, Trey Young, man. I mean, I remember I had, I was talking to someone maybe last year, maybe a year and a half ago, in one of our classes um, mm. at DePaul, and uh, you know, it was one of those things before class where you know, there's some downtime, people are talking to each other, mm. and uh, the tournament was about to happen, the NCAA tournament. And I was saying that Trey Young, I think Trey Young is going to have a pretty good career. And I, I didn't, yeah. you know, I, I didn't think he'd be an all-star or anything. You know, yeah. I was assuming he'd be like a J.J. Redick type of player with better handles and passing ability. But yeah. seeing the way he took this franchise under his wing, just embracing the opportunity, um, it's a really beautiful thing to see. And, and you know, I remember during the draft last year, I was kind of hoping the Bulls would make that last trade up or Doncic or Trey Young. But, you know, they settled for Wendell Carter, who's not a bad player, but, man, Trey Young would be really nice right now for the Bulls. Yeah, I mean, and, and um, you know, it, it was kind of wild because I know when that trade was made, the because the, um, it was when Dallas had drafted Trey Young and they traded him or as long and Atlanta drafted Doncic and they traded the rights to each other like on, on right there on draft night. And, um, you know, I think Doncic definitely had the better. See, Trey Young had a really good second half of the season last year, but it's funny. I was um, now even though I'm a Pistons fan, I recently moved to Atlanta a couple of months ago. I, you know, I saw a couple of Trey Young jerseys just taking the, the subway the other day. And, and uh, it, it means it's, it's wild. I just, I just want to read off his stats as he was named player of the week uh, for the, uh, for the Eastern conference um, uh, with, so in two games so far, the Hawks are two and 38.5 points per game, seven rebounds per game, nine assists and one and a half steals per game. So, I mean, a really good start obviously for him. And then uh, that, you know, that game winner against, I believe it was the magic uh, at the top of the key, had that little step back. Um, I mean, the guy reminds me a lot of Steph Curry. Like a little bit times, he can dribble the ball so much that it, it kind of gets a little bit hectic. But uh, I mean, Atlanta just—I mean, they push the ball so fast in transition. I, I don't know what their pace numbers are. I know it's still really early in the season to look at that because, as you mentioned, even with the standings, just about any statistic right now that's team-based, it's tough to. And I—I I see you reacting. Something interesting just happened. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Trey Young got the line. And he he missed the second free throw, and then Collins tipped it in uh, with seven seconds to go, and they tied the game at 103, which is the wow. important part. Um, and Trey Young, right on cue, right on cue. Well, I was gonna say right yeah. on cue, but I, right on cue yeah. and right, you know, as he's walking to the bench, all he's doing is just tapping to his head. That's all he's doing. Yeah. Uh, the way he missed the free throw was like in and out. Like I, I, I'm not sure if he, if he meant to miss that, but if he did, that would be, that'd be the most incredible miss I've seen 
since do you remember Yao Ming? Yao Ming when he like threw the ball at the front of the basket and he got the rebound and he passed it back out to tie the game. The dude missed the shot. It was Luther Head who missed the shot. You got a great memory. I have a faint memory of like seeing guys. I don't know if I remember that one in particular, but I do remember, you know, there's instances where guys throw it off the backboard and try to, you know, make a touch pass or something for a prayer or, or, you know, launch it back up. I know Steven Adams did that um, with Westbrook. We he I, yep. missed a free throw. He just threw it at the front of the rim and it came right back at him. Mm-hmm. And he, sh- you know, gave it to Westbrook and Westbrook made a three. Um, but the Thunder, you know, they lost that game. They're like they're down by four points instead of three. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still a, a really great moment. For, but this Rockets one, Yao Ming was at the line. Obviously, they're down by I think they're down by three points at this two or three points. He missed mm-hmm. it perfectly. I'll send you this video. And he comes right back at him. He passes it to his I think his left. And Luther Head was wide open and he missed the shot. But uh, that, you know, they lost the game there. But um, mm-hmm. seeing stuff like that is, is really amazing. And. Now the Sixers have the ball in the last seven seconds. I'm going to commentate. Let's see what happens. We got Horford, top of the key. Five seconds. Embiid. Embiid's fouled. 5.3 to go. But anyway, um, this was crucial free throws for Embiid because Embiid's also a guy on my fantasy team, um, <laughs> which I kind of regret because uh, he seems like he, he plays like every other game. Um I totally forgot that, that that's a thing for him. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and I, I don't know why he didn't play against Detroit the other night. I know it was like, it was shortly, it was like in the afternoon, about five hours before it tipped. Um, I, I was looking forward to, you know, seeing that sort of Drummond and because Embiid's really gotten the best of Drummond, you know, in the, I mean, this is, this is, ten, I mean, it's Embiid's like sixth season if you're, since he's been in the NBA, but it's really only his, his third in terms of what could be a full season fourth i guess in terms of actually playing so uh but i, I will let you um i'll let you sort of narrate or commentate what's going on with this game well he made the first he's lining up for the second now mm. he made them both the hawks have no timeouts there's 5.3 to go so vince carter's inbounding here it is here is Bembry back to vince carter vince carter gonna go for the win he is he missed it sixers win sixers win 105-103 Okay, wow, wow. And Vince Carter shot that like on the run with one leg out. Um, it's not the ideal guy you want to. With all due respect to Vince Carter, where was Trey Young? I know, Trey yeah. I, I was trying to see. I should probably rewind this to see where he was. Okay, yeah, they're showing the replay here. So mm. Vince Carter inbounded the ball, gave it to Bembry. Bembry was trying to look for. Tra- yeah, they could have gotten it to Trey, but Trey probably would have been trapped uh, at the half court mm. line by mm. Richardson and, and Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vince was just like, fuck it, you know, he just took it himself <laughs> and he looks very pissed as he's leaving. Um, but he's getting a standing ovation as he should, because he is, uh, is an NBA legend. Mm. Is that game right here in Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, it is in Atlanta. Oh my God. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean like, and, and I was going to mention this cause I know we, we touched upon this a little bit last week. Um, mm. I see a lot of hype in that, in that city or at least in that stadium. Uh, regarding this team, it kind of reminds me of that team like three to four years ago when they won like 60 games and they were the top of the East and it kind of like won them. yeah four All Stars yeah. the, the Player of the Month the Players of the Month yeah. the Team of the Month or whatever yeah. uh, I think they went undefeated in January mm-hmm. um, it kind of reminded me of that you know they're kind of like turning heads in the city mm-hmm. oh shit we actually might be a contender you know <laughs> mm-hmm. oh shit we got to go up against LeBron you know. 
Which is probably a good thing for this city, given given the way that the Braves lost in the playoffs, and the Falcons are one in six or one in seven now. Uh, yeah, 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 something like that. And yeah. I feel like this this like the fans here, new Hawks fans, bandwagon fans, whatever. I wouldn't even consider this a bandwagon because they're not even that good. Yeah. Um, but they're very fun to watch, and this like in terms of people attending games, it seems much more sustainable. Because the team is so young and they're so fun to watch. Yeah, and I think you bring up a great point that you know that Budenholzer-led group of uh, it was what Horford, Millsap, Jeff Teague, and then go on and on. Corver was on that. He was one of the All Stars. Corver and Cephalosha was was there too. Yeah, which I'm yeah. surprised Cephalosha has carved up this kind of career, considering you know I've watched him since he was on the Bulls, and I never thought that he would still be in the league like this and have have like a specialty, you know. Yeah, I forgot he was there, but um, but I mean those guys had a you know that that 2014-2015 season, which was really good, didn't end well, but I mean it was a really good one at least from the context of the Atlanta Hawks. I mean those guys were all either towards the end of their prime or out of their prime by that point, and it was just like you said, I mean, it wasn't really sustainable. This is where they, I mean, they got you mentioned they got they had a lottery a lot lottery picks on the team for the last few years, some really exciting guys, um. And also, guys, that we don't really know, like, what a Kevin Herter is going to be yet, but he looks like a pretty good, you know, shooter, a guy who, you know, he's, he's obviously not Trey Young, but, uh, but a nice sort of, you know, I don't want to say two-way guard, because I don't know, he's not a great defender, but, um, you know, overall, I mean, they, 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 they just got, they got a lot of nice pieces there. Yeah, I love the Atlanta team, and I'm, you know, when it comes to stuff like playoffs and stuff like that, I don't, I don't really know, I don't really care at this point, but oh um, yeah, it's so early. It's yeah, four or five games in. Um, another team though that I wanted to talk about is my beloved Chicago Bulls, <laughs> and um, I'm not gonna lie, watching the first game, I watched them play against the Hornets, and everyone was saying stuff like, uh, you know, they got no defense, there's no perimeter defense. And that's surely what it looked like all game. All game, the Hornets made a ridiculous amount of threes. They were playing, they were playing like they had that kind of chip on their shoulder. Like, oh, everyone thinks we suck, you know, that that kind of chip mm. on their shoulder that you see in teams in like a random day in, in December where they're trying to play up to like the number one seed, you know, the, that kind of energy. And um, as the game went on. Uh, I was like, wow, we really might lose to what might be the worst team. Which people were even saying before the season, for some reason, people were saying this might be one of the worst teams in history. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how you could say that, you know? Yeah, you know, I think. I've seen them play a game. Because mm-hmm. the way they played, they. <laughs> I, watching them, I was like, everyone fucking lied, man. The Hornets are good. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was more so that we were just really bad uh, on defense. Yeah, watching that game. And seeing them, you know, being up by 10 with like two or three minutes to go and then, you know, losing that lead. Uh, at the end of the game, I was like, it's not a big deal. You know, we lost. We should have won that game. We're a young team. Um, you know, it's, it obviously sucks to lose like this. But I know we were, we were uh, on the road. Most games of the season, no big deal. Mm. The Bulls, I think the next day, they played Grizzlies. Or a couple later they play the grizzlies and apparently they won I, I missed that game i didn't watch that game and, comes along and they play against the defending champions and going into this game i'm like we're gonna get so bad but watching the first quarter of that game i was like wow we actually might have a chance even though they're stuffing all of our shots at the rim we actually might find ourselves close in the fourth quarter 
And then the third quarter, I don't know what happened. Set late second quarter, third quarter, the Raptors pulled it. OG and Kobe played really well. Siakam, of course, is legit. Van Vliet looks so confident. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you there, and I, I really uh I, I was really introduced to Fred VanVleet during the playoff run, the Raptors last year, and his ability. Um, and you know, I I think I think we talked we talked talked about it on the last uh, episode. Toronto's just going to be such an interesting team because very very rarely does it happen that you know a, a defending champion loses a player. I mean, to a to retirement, yeah. Um, but you know, they lose a player like Kawhi Leonard. And they, 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 I mean, everyone else is pretty much still there. I mean, Danny Green is not obviously he's with Los Angeles, but you know, Danny Green wasn't like a core core piece. I would argue that team last year he did provide some nice three point shooting uh, and some good defense. But uh, yeah, Toronto's a team that's going to be. I, I, I don't know what to expect from them this year. I, I mean, I don't think they're gonna they're not going to be what they were last season. But um, I don't know. You know, it, it, it's really interesting. The one the one thing that uh, sort of shocked me was, and we, we talked about, it, was sort of Golden State's struggles. Uh, and I know that they're they're beating up on the Pelicans right now. The game probably ended. Um, my Wi-Fi is not like loading on my phone, so. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I did not expect. Um, I wouldn't say I didn't expect an 0-2 start. I just. Just, I mean, the way they like, they didn't have a lead up until this. So the first two games, they didn't have a lead at all, ever, which is pretty wild. That's right. Yeah, they're up uh, 15 now with about a minute to go. So they got this game. The Warriors, yeah. I mean, I I went into this season thinking that Steph Curry is going to do an ultimate carry job, but um, it's clear that like you know, if you have a guy of that like size, it's uh, not easy for him to be like your best player. And like the do everything type. Because when we talk about guys like Harden and like LeBron, like these guys are built like tanks, you know, like they're mm. huge. And, um, you know, they get all the rebounds. They get a lot, you know, so much, you know, just a lot of assists and so many scoring opportunities. Um, and a lot of their assists are kind of like just like set up plays, you know, like someone for three or something like that. Um, that's why, like, you know, this is a really big year for Draymond. Um, yeah. He's really gonna need to like, he's gonna be, he's gonna be the guy that's like get all the ports, like flash, you know, all the protection in the paint, and you know, obviously all the hustle places we know Draymond's known for, um, and not just those two guys, but then you got guys like Russell, who's got to like, kind of step up his defense, um, he's not really known as a good defender, and then Steve Kerr, who's like his ultimate test right here. Is like people can really be confident in this guy when there's not like three all stars on their team. And I know Russell was an all star last year, but like he not was the same reserve. caliber. He was a reserve in the East. Like yeah. he was not even a reserve. He was an injured reserve. Yeah. So like Russell's a very good player, but he's not like you know he's not like a Clay Thompson. Yeah. Scorching hot at, at whatever time. Um, and Clay is also one of those timely players who like just hits the shot you know like the momentum mm-hmm. swinging shot or makes it the you know the you know interception and in, in the you know in the paint or whatever so yeah the warriors uh you know i i again way too much to talk about playoffs and that kind of thing yeah uh, at this pace it's not looking great because they're one and two <laughs> but again that's all what's three games it's like nothing um i'll talk about like some scheduling stuff um mm. I was just looking today, like, 
Someone posted the or a group Someone posted the brand new Boston Celtics jersey. I don't know if you saw that, but I'm not a big fan. Yeah. I was like, oh god, are they playing those? You know, are they playing in those tonight? And uh, he was just like, oh, I don't know if they're playing in them tonight. And I looked at the schedule, I'm like, the Celtics aren't playing tonight. The Celtics are not even playing tomorrow. The Celtics <laughs> are playing on Wednesday. They play on Saturday, and they're playing mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Meanwhile, the Lakers are playing like five games already. And let me throw uh, the Pistons have two back to back. They played four already, right? Yeah, and they had, they had a back to back on uh, Wednesday and thir- Wednesday Thursday to open the, the first, yeah the first yeah the first two uh, games. Week. Yeah, the first week of the season, we already have back-to-backs, and I I think the Blazers are playing in the in the back-to-back right now. It's, I mean, I don't know who makes the schedule. I thought I thought the whole point was we're gonna get less back-to-backs. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, going back to the Bulls though, they played today. They played against the New York Knicks in the mecca of basketball, supposedly mm-hmm. the mecca, and mecca in the sense that like the other team can be dominant. Uh, against the Knicks, and they will the other team, have like a night named after them. <laughs> yeah, they have the other team as legendary moments. You think of Michael Jordan, you think of Reggie Miller. Kobe um, Bryant had like 62 points. Yeah, LeBron has his moments. <laughs> LeBron, of course, of course, LeBron. None of them uh, played for the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you, you know, Steph Curry had that breakout game. Yeah. Um. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Madison Square Garden's known as. It's just yeah. a time where the other team just. Shits on your team. The the star player of the other yeah. team completely destroys your team. Um, so the Bulls went into this game and and they looked great in the first half. Now they're looking solid. I hope we win by at least twelve points. I don't care if we win by like you know eleven or twelve points. As long as we win like comfortably. And then slowly in the fourth quarter, the Knicks just started coming back. And next thing you know, it's like a seven-point game. And I'm like, wow, uh, this is way too close for comfort. Like, now it's like seven points when, you know, the whole game, it was like trading baskets at like ten points. Um, next thing you know, the Knicks are down by one. And then R.J. Barrett misses a free throw and then gets his own rebound and makes the basket. I think that's the one that cut him next possession, someone made a three. Now the Knicks, now the Knicks are up 198. And, uh, yeah, the next day, basically, they closed the deal. And I think Bobby Portis had, like, 28 points of revenge for him. Um, I didn't even notice Bobby Portis, like, playing that well. Um, I saw RJ, RJ Barrett looks pretty – like, he's, he's, a, he's a good player. He's a good player. You know, um, I think he's going to be a pretty solid player, like, a very sound player. Um, but, yeah, I – I did not even realize Bobby Porter's torch was so pitiful. In the first half, it was like it was like a completely different team in the first half. Some of the third quarter too. You know, that was kinda of like the Bulls and the Hornets too, and the Bulls were playing the Hornets. The Bulls would be a different team in the third and that the Bulls are, are up by Yeah, I, I think that the interesting thing with the Bulls really um the last few years uh, it's been, I mean, it's, it's really been all about the development. I know marketing, uh, yeah, had a really good end to his rookie season. Uh, Wendell Carter is a guy, a lot of people are, are high on. And, and I, I think Kobe white is going to be a really, really good player. I mean, he's aggressive. He's quick. He's strong. Can muscle his way inside, pull up for a shot. Uh, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of him outside of like summer league and, and, and some early clips from this season, but I think they got, I think they got a really good future player there. Um, I, I, I just still don't know if Boylan, um, I mean, his old school kind of demeanor, I, I, I get, but I mean, like, 
like if one if you like you're you're Jim Boylan, like you're not coming in here like like um you know obviously like not like Greg Popovich or some of these other coaches that, that you know have, have have an established reputation like you know this whole like I, I know I know he kind of softened it up and him and Zach Levine kind of came on better terms last season toward towards the end of the year but uh, you know, I, I I thought that hire was uh, not, well he he replaced um he was Hoiberg's assistant if I'm not mistaken yes he was and, and he was uh, the interim. Yeah, he was the interim coach, but yeah. the Bulls were pretty set on him becoming like their guy, which mm-hmm. I thought really weird. And I thought they hired, they fired, I should say fired, they fired Hoiberg at the exact wrong time, like in the that middle beginning middle part of the season, start of December, a little mm-hmm. bad for my birthday, December second. It was like December third or whatever he got fired, which, which is my sister's birthday. Oh yeah, the third. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Well, happy birthday to your happy early birthday to, to your Great. sister. Um, and happy early birthday to you. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. Woo! Uh, <laughs> they fired that kid, uh, that dude at the worst time, and uh, yeah. I couldn't. I, I felt pretty bad for Hoiberg because uh, I didn't think he was uh, anything special, but we didn't really give him any sort of opportunity with the team he wanted. Mm-hmm. It's funny because the team now the Bulls have, it's like perfectly suited for Hoiberg's style. And the team then that Hoiberg had with like Wade and Rondo and that bullshit, that seems perfectly suited for Jim Boylan, you know? Yeah. Um, So, I don't know. The Bulls are just in this weird, yeah, they're just in this weird situation. Um, I wouldn't even say weird. Uh, I would just say that it's just not a they're 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 not going to be great, but I don't think they're going to be bad enough to get like a number of two or three picks. <clears throat> and even then, it doesn't even matter because the lottery, you know, it's a lottery. Yeah. You're not guaranteed anything. Um, Especially with with the, the the new odds that were first in place this year, we saw how that you know bumped the Knicks down a few spots, and the Pelicans, who had an all right season, get the number one pick. Yeah, and um. Say what you will about the lottery. You know, I know a lot of people say that it's rigged and stuff like that. I'm not going to lie. Last year, a little fishy. You know, the Pelicans, in the midst of all this Anthony Davis trade talk, they mm. get the number one pick. They get Zion. Happy for that for that franchise and organization, but a little fishy, you know, if you ask me. Mm. Um, we'll, we'll have to see how, how this next year goes. Um, we'll yeah. see if the NBA wants to save Chicago again. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, like I said, you know, John Paxson should honestly be thanking Derrick Rose um, for every every opportunity because uh, he wouldn't he wouldn't really have a job without him um, yeah. this day. But then again, I don't know because Jerry loves his guys. Jerry Reinsdorf loves his guys. If you don't know that, just ask the White Sox. They've had Kenny Williams for like 20 years now. <laughs> 15, 20 years. He's he went from like the GM to like the assistant GM to like the president of baseball operations. That's kind of what John Paxson's at right now. He's like in different roles and stuff like that. He was a color commentator at one point, you know? Really? Oh, that's yeah, he was. During yeah. the second three-peat, I think. Uh, during one of those years, during the second three-peat. But um, yeah, John Paxson, uh, I, I want that job security, you know? Like, I, I wish I had that kind of job security. Hey, dude, I think we all sign do. me up. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I don't have much else to say. Uh, the season has been great so far to start off. Um, James Harden hasn't been hot, but I think he's going to be getting there soon. 
Um, yeah. And I think the Rockets fit's going to be nice. And I, I think Houston, I think they're destined to be one of the best teams in the league. Um, might be premature to say, but I felt this way before the season. Um, mm. I just think the personnel is, is just it's just, just going to be great for them. And it's going to be great for Russell Westbrook. And I think Denver will be will also be up there. Yeah, Denver's a team that I, I definitely slept on last year. Um, and just, just seeing a few of their, um, again, not watching, but seeing some of their highlights, reading a little bit about them. Uh, I mean, I think they're the real deal. I really like Mike Malone as a coach, Jamal Murray, uh, who I, you know, I had a rough you know first year or two, um, but really this last year and a half has picked it up to be like really an elite you know, level player, I think, uh, for the most part. We know what Nikola Jokic can do. Obviously, Millsap, that veteran presence, that old school mid-range kind of guy. Um, and just that leadership, I think, helps out a lot. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a fun – you saw Torrey Craig's, like, you know, weak side block the other day, a guy who uh, had, some, had some nice moments for Denver in the playoffs last year, uh, was a little bit hot and cold with the shooting. Um, that's a, I mean, that's a really fun team to watch. And Denver, you know, who the Nuggets really in their history haven't had a lot to cheer about. Um and I think it's I know last year was what their 50th. So, you know, 51 years, it, it's been tough for them. But um, uh, that's definitely going to be you know, a team. I mean, the West is always really is really fun because especially this year, you really don't know who's at the top. I and mean, I think Houston could be there. The Clippers uh, definitely. Um, Man, do they and, look great. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they again, and they were even as an, you know, an eighth seed last year. You know, Doc is, is one of the better coaches um, at, le- at least in our generation of, 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 you know, watching, I think in like the last 20, 25 years uh, with the, what he's able to get out of guys, you know, his motivational you know, um, tactics and also just, um, you know, where he places guys in positions to succeed, gets the most out of them. Um, I mean, he's got, I would love to play for, and I, I hope he coaches as long as he possibly wants just cause I just love to see, uh, you know, his teams play. And, um, but yeah, that, Clippers think are going to be fun. Uh, Rockets, I, I'm I'm still not sold on. Again, it's really early. I, I know I I didn't love the move, but they had to do something with Chris Paul. That they luckily found somebody to take on his contract. So uh, more more power to him. Yeah, and yeah. speaking of fun teams to watch and teams that haven't been as fun to watch, um, it feels like Sacramento and Phoenix kind of switched in terms of who's been the fun team to watch. Um, last year, it felt like the Suns were just dreadful. Yeah, um, but they had some games here and there. Like they, I know, I know they beat the Warriors, like the full strength Warriors last year. But you know they have games and stuff like that. But this year the Suns seem to be very exciting because they actually have an NBA team, <laughs> not just a bunch yeah. of random guys from the G League. And mm. the Kings seem to be the, you know, like no show kind of team. Yeah. I don't know what happened to the Kings? I think it was the the, the coaching change. Some other stuff, you know, once once Luke Walton was accused of sexual harassment or something like that, it just it's it just started something. I don't know within that organization. It, it just seems very kings, you know. Yeah, I don't get why they fired Dave Yeager. I know three seasons they hadn't made the playoffs, but I thought I thought they were trending upward. Um, and I'm not saying Dave Yeager's some great coach, but I don't think you mess with anything that's sort of it, it's you know it's getting better, it's getting better. Um, yeah, I. I didn't really like the Luke Walton hiring. Um, obviously, the sexual assault allegations is, is a whole other thing, too. But I, I, mean, I granted, Luke Walton, maybe you'd say he didn't really have a chance, especially when LeBron came. But, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I just that – that was – I wonder if that Jaeger firing is going to come back to 
I mean, so they, they still got some really nice players uh, with Heald and um, uh, De'Aaron Fox. But, uh, you know, yeah, coaching, coaching can go a long way. Yeah, and again, the Kings are 0-3 now. They're playing against the 3-0 Nuggets, but and they're winning by like 8-9 points right now. But, you know, all that is moot. Um, <laughs> apparently, David Yeager had some problems with the, the people within the Kings organization, like Vladi Divac, oh, like Buddy Heald. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, I know there was one game where uh, Jaeger yelled at Heald after he made like a long three in uh, – and keep in mind, this is like it's – like, it's a four-point game. There's like six seconds to go, and mm. Heald makes a, a deep three by the logo. I think this is an oracle. And uh, Dave Yeager just yelled at him during the next timeout when the Warriors caught timeout. And um, – I don't know what happened. Then the next time, next time it came down, the Warriors made their free throws. Not the three-point game again. And he doesn't take the three. You know, he doesn't take the shot that he wanted to take. I think he was made up in the league. Just like that. The shot didn't go anyway. He didn't take like a three. I think he probably took a two instead. Um, which uh, I don't know. It's like small things like that. But the Kings are playing pretty well against the the Nuggets right now. Um, in Sacramento, but that's going to do it for uh, this podcast, uh, 46 minutes. Again, thank you for listening. Uh, I don't know why you want to listen to this, but <laughs> I don't know. Why wouldn't you? Weird fetish about you know two guys talking about basketball. Um, I don't know, something like that. But I'm sure I, it's I, out there. Yeah. <laughs> that's Brendan Welper. I'm Hami Rain. Thank you again for listening for these 47 minutes. Thank you for wasting your time. And, um, yeah, we'll see you next time. Let's do it.